Shalom Elohim. Welcome back to the broadcast, Peace Be Upon You. I'm Sean, your host. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, we are looking at our Torah portion for this week, which begins a new book, the last book of the Torah. The name of the portion is Davarim. And let me give you the portion summary here from TorahPortions.org. The Devarim is both the title for the last book of the scroll of the Torah and the title of the first Torah portion therein. Devarim means words. The English-speaking words calls this book, the English-speaking world calls this book Deuteronomy. The Hebrew title for the book comes from the opening phrase of the book. These are the words, Devarim, which Moses spoke to all of Israel across the Jordan in the wilderness. Deuteronomy 1.1 One ancient name for the book of Deuteronomy is Mishnah HaTorah, which means repetition of the Torah. This is similar to the Greek Septuagint name Deuteronomos, which means second law. The English name, the English name Deuteronomy is derived from Deuteronomos. The book of Deuteronomy is dominated by Moses' farewell address to the children of Israel as he urges them to remain faithful to the covenant and prepares them for entering Canaan. During the course of the book, Moses reviews the stories of the giving of the Torah at Sinai and the trip to the Promised Land, reiterates several laws of the Torah, and introduces new laws. The book seems to follow the general pattern of an ancient Near Eastern covenant treaty document. As we study the first week, First weeks, reading from the book of Exodus, the children of Israel are assembled on the plains of Moab across the Jordan from Jericho. And so here's kind of the uh, events. It's Deuteronomy chapter 1 through chapter 3, verse 22. And so you have the events at the Horab. You have uh, recalled. You have appointment of the tribal leaders. You have Israel's refusal to enter the land. The penalty for Israel's rebellion the desert years, then you have the defeat of King Sihon and the defeat of King Og. And so these, and so that's what we're getting into. It's actually not a super long uh, portion this morning. Uh, last week the Parsha was very, very long. So Deuteronomy, Devarim, the words. We're going to read from the King James Bible this morning, although I will let you know, and you can't see this because I'm not doing full video today, but one thing that I like to do, I have, and maybe I'll just, uh, maybe on the next Torah uh, Parsha video, I'll actually do full video if I'll have more time and I'll show you this book. But I have uh, something called the Stone Edition, um, the Hamash, and uh, it basically has the Torah in it with commentary, the Torah Parshas with commentary. So on one side, it's got the, the weekly the reading uh, in English on the other side it's got it in Hebrew so you can look at the actual Hebrew words and then loads of commentary um, now it is Jewish commentary uh, so it's good for looking at the actual Hebrew it's good for seeing what the Jewish Hebrew Hebraic belief was or is about these things so it's just a great addition to the study and I've been looking through that a little bit this morning but for the reading, I'm going to use the King James Bible this morning. So, without further delay, 
Let's dig in. We're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 1 through chapter 3, verse 22. Let's begin. Verse 1. These be the words which Moses spoke unto all of Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazaroth and Dizahab. These are eleven days' journey from Harab by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. After he had slain Siha the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og the king of Bashan, which dwelt at Astaroth in Edri. On this side Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take journey and go to the mount of the Amorites, unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, and to the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. And I spake unto you at the time, saying, I am not able to bear you myself alone. The Lord your God hath multiplied you, and behold, ye are this day as the stars of heaven for the multitude. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as ye are, and bless you as he hath promised you. How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance, and your burden, and your strife? Take you wise men, and understanding, and known among your tribes, and I will make them rulers over you. And he answered me and said, The thing which thou hast spoken is good for us to do. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men, and known, and made them heads over you, captains over thousands, and captains over hundreds, and captains over fifties, and captains over ten, tens, and officers among your tribes. And I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the cause between your brethren, and judge righteously between every man and his brother, and the stranger that is with them. You shall not respect persons in judgment, but ye shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. And the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. And I commanded you at that time all the things which you should do. And when we departed from Harab, we went through all that great and terrible wilderness, which you saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as your Lord our God commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said unto you, You are come unto the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God doth give unto us. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of our fathers had said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. And you came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search out the land, and bring us word again by what we must go up, and into what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well, and I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe. Then he turned and went up into the mountain, and came into the valley of Eskol, and searched it out. 
And they took the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us, and brought us word again, and said, It is all good the land which the Lord our God doth give us. Notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandments of the Lord your God. And you murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither we shall go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we, and the cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakins there. Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you, according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee as a man doth bear his son, in all the way that ye went until ye came unto this place. Yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord your God, who went the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in, in fire by night, and show you by what way you should go in a cloud by day. And the Lord heard the voice of your words and was wroth and swore, saying, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land which I swear to give unto your fathers. Save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it. And him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon, and to his children, because he hath wholly followed the Lord. Also the Lord was angry with me for your sake, saying, Thou also shalt not go in thither. But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go thither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, your little ones, which you said should be prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn you and take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Then ye answered and said unto me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight according to all that the Lord God, Lord our God, commanded us. And when ye had girded on every man his weapons of war, ye were ready to go up into the hill. And the Lord said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest ye be smitten before your enemies. So I spake unto you, and ye would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and went presumptuously up into the hill. And the Amorites which dwell in the mountain came out against you, and chased you as bees do, and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. And he returned, wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not hear, hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. So ye abode in Kadesh many days, according unto the days that ye abode there. Chapter 2 Then we turned, and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me. And we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, You have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward, and command thou the people, saying, You are to pass through the coast of your children and the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir. And they shall be afraid of you. Take you good heed unto yourselves, therefore. Meddle not with them, for I will not give you of their land, no, not so much as a foot breadth, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. 
You shall buy meat of them for money. You you may eat, and you shall also buy water of them for money, that you may drink. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness these forty years. The Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. And when we passed from our brethren, the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir through the way of the plain of Elath, from Ezra-Gaber, we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. And the Lord said unto me, Distress not the Moabites, neither contend with them in battle. For I will not give thee of their land for a possession, because I have given Ar unto the children of Lot for a possession. The Emmas dwelt therein in times past, and people great and many and tall as the Anakins, which also were accounted giants as the Anakims, but the Moabites called them Emmans. And the Horims also dwelt in Seir before time, but the children of Esau succeeded them when, the late, when they had destroyed them from before them and dwelt in their stead, as Israel did unto the land of his possession, which the Lord gave unto them. Now rise up, said I, and get you over the brook Zered. And we went over the brook Zered. In the space in which we came from Kadesh Barnea until we were came over the book, brook Zered, was thirty and eight years, unto all the generation of the men of war were wasted out from among the host, as the Lord sware unto them. For indeed the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from among the host until they were consumed. So it came to pass, when all the men of war were consumed and dead from among the people, that the Lord spake unto me, saying, Thou art to pass over through the ar of the coast of Moab this day. And when thou comest nigh over against the children of Ammon, Distress them not, nor meddle with them, for I will not give thee the land of the children of Ammon, any possession, because I have given it to the children of Lot for a possession. Real quick, I want to back up just a little bit, uh, because we have another uh, just Bible the Bible verses talking about the fact that these lands were occupied by giants. And people try to blow this off and, and make it out like they're just tall, in spite of the fact that we have so many documented evidences of skeletons dug up that are 15 foot tall. I've been through all of this um, and even larger skeletons than that. In fact, there's several videos on my YouTube channel. If you just type in the word giant, you'll see all kinds of proof and evidence of this. Uh, even here in the United States of America, I cover all these articles from back in the early 1900s. Uh, where these things were documented of, of these massive skeletons that were dug up. Anyway, I'm not going to get into all that, but I do want to read that verse again, talking about the giants. Uh, I'm going to read it from this Kamash um, version of the Torah Parsha, um, because they actually use some of the Hebrew words that are here, which, ought, which mean giants and races of giants. And then I'm going to read you a little bit of the commentary real quick, and then we'll move on and wrap this thing up. But here's what it says, starting with um, verse 9. It says, Hashem said to me, which Hashem is, is what they say. Instead of the Lord, they say Hashem, which means the name. So in the King James Bible, where the name Yehovah is, God's name, yod heh vav -Heh, it says the Lord. In your Jewish books, it'll say Hashem, which means the name. Uh, 
Jim said to me, You shall not distress Moab, and you shall not provoke war with them, for I shall not give you an inheritance from their land. For the children of Lot have I given, are, as an inheritance. The Immen dwelled there previously, a great and populous people, and tall as the giants. They, too, were considered Raphaim, like the giants and the Moabites, called them Emim. And here's the commentary on that. It says the Emin, the Raphaim, the Torah means to avoid a misunderstanding regarding Moab's entitlement to this land. It had once been inhabited by a family of giants known as Emim, the people that are also called colloquially by the name Raphaim, which was a different family of giants. Since the land of the Raphaim had been given to the Jews, it might have seemed that the former land of the Emim was included in that gift. Therefore, the Torah states clearly that the Emim were a different family and its former territory had been made the inheritance of Lot's Moabite descendants. So they're just making the point that the, that the uh, verses are going out of its way to kind of distinguish the difference between the Raphaim and the, and the Emim but to also explain that they were both tribes of giants. For whatever that's worth. Alright, let's continue on. Verse 20. That also was accounted the land of the giants. Giants dwelt therein in the old time. And the Amorites called them Zazumamims, a people great and many and tall. And the Anakins, both the Lord destroyed them from before them, and they succeeded them and dwelt in their stead. As did he, the children of Esau, dwelt near in Seir, when he destroyed the Horims, both before them, and they succeeded them, and dwelt in their stead, even unto this day. And the Avims, which dwelt in the Hazarim, even unto Azah, Kaphatorims, which came forth out of Kaphator, destroyed them, and dwelt in their stead. Rise you up, and take your journey, and pass over the river Arnon. Behold, I have given into thy hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to possess it, and contend with him in battle. This day will I begin to put the dread of thee and the fear upon the nations that are under the whole heaven, who shall hear report of thee, and shall tremble, and be in anguish because of thee. I have sent messengers out of the wilderness of Kedemoth unto Sihon, king of Heshbon, with words of peace, saying, let me pass through thy land, and I will go along by the highway. I will neither turn unto the right hand nor to the left. Thou shalt sell me meat for money, that I may eat, and give me water for money, that I may drink. Only will I pass through on my feet. As the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir, and the Moabites, which dwelt in Ar, did unto me, until I shall pass over Jordan unto the land which the Lord our God giveth us. But Sahan, king of Hebron, would not let us pass by him. For the Lord thy God hardened his spirit and made his heart abstinent, that he might deliver him into the hand as appeareth this day. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have begun to give Sihon and his land before thee. Begin to possess, that thou mayest inherit this his land. Then Sahan came out against us, he and all his people to fight at Jahaz. And the Lord our God delivered him before us, and we smote him and his sons and all his people, and we took his cities and at that time, and utterly destroyed the men and the women and the little ones of every city. We left none to remain, 
only the cattle we took for prey out of ourselves and spoil for the cities which we took. For Aur, which is by the brick, brink of the river of Anran, Arnon, and from the city that, that is by the river, even unto Gilead. There was not one city too strong for us. The Lord our God delivered all unto us. Only into the land of the children of Ammon thou camest not, nor any place of the river Jabbok, nor unto the cities of the mountains, nor unto whatsoever the Lord our God forbade us. Chapter 3 then we turned and went up the way to Bashan, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us, and he and all his people to battle at Edri. And the Lord said unto me, Fear him not, for I will deliver him and all his people and his land into thy hand. And thou shalt do unto him as thou did unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, which dwell in Heshbron. So the Lord our God delivered into our hands Og also, the king of Bashan, and all his people, and we smote him until none was left to him remaining. And we took all the cities, and at that time there was not a city which we took, not from among them, threescore cities in all the region of Argob, the king of Og and Bashan. All the cities were fenced with high walls, gates, and bars, besides unwalled towns, a great many. And we utterly destroyed them as we did unto Sihon, king of Heshbron, utterly destroying the men, women, and children of every city. But all the cattle and the spoil of the cities we took for a prey unto ourselves. And we took at that time out of the hand of the two kings of the Amorites the land that was on this side of Jordan from the river of Arnon unto Mount Hermon, which Hermon the Sidonians call Sirion, and the Amorites call Shishnir. All the cities of the plain and all Gilead and all Bashan unto Sakhach and Edri, cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. For only Og of king of Bashan remained of the remnant of the giants. Behold, he is bestead was a behold his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in the Rabbath and the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits was the breadth of it after the cubit of a man. All right, we have to pause again. The Bible is going out of its way to explain to you that these people were not figuratively giants; they were actually giant and in case someone would try to act like it was just figuratively a figure of speech they said here's the measurements of king og's bed he was the last of the remaining giants by the way these lands that they went through and and annihilated all the people they were they were people of the giants they weren't even the same as a normal human being and so people think how could god allow genocide this is why you got to go study Genesis chapter 6 to understand how this all began. Why there was a flood to begin with. Anyway, I cover all this in great detail. I'm not going to cover it all uh, in many podcasts on the YouTube channel. I'm not going to try to cover it all today uh, during the Torah portion. But I just want to make the point that the Bible is going out of its way to say King Og of Bashan remained of the remnant of the giants. His bed... In case, and, and then it also says, is it not in the Rabbath? In other words, is it not written in the children of Ammon? It was nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits was the breadth of it, after the cubits of a man. Okay? Let me go ahead and read you the commentary. And so this is what was believed uh, 
by Jewish rabbis and things throughout history about Og and about this bed situation. So here's what the commentary says, and it refers to verse 11. Was left of the remaining Raphaim. When Armphel and his allies routed Raphaim at Ashtaroth Karnanim, Og was the only of the race of giants who was able to escape. Alternatively, when Ammon defeated the Raphaim, referring to chapter 2, verse 20 through 21, he was the only survivor. According to Targum Yan Asan, Og was one of the Atunalavin giants, and then it refers to Genesis chapter 6, the only one of them to survive the flood. That's an interesting thought there. That doesn't mean that that's accurate, it just means that's the belief, according to some of these uh, Jewish uh, rabbis. And then it refers to the iron bed that's referred to. Because of Og's enormous size and weight, ordinary wooden furniture was not strong enough to support him. Alternatively, the word is rendered as cradle, even as a baby. Og was so strong that he would break any wooden cradle. When the Amorites routed the Raphaim, Og fled, and the victors used to display his bed and Rabbah as a symbol of their prowess. By the cubit of a man, remember the verse refers to that, what does it say here? It was nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth thereof, after the cubits of a man. So what does that even mean? A cubit is the distance from one's elbow to the tip of the middle finger. Since Og's size was enormous, his bed had to be many more times than nine cubits, as measured by ordinary human beings. The Torah gives this seemingly unimportant fact to give us an idea of the great military power of the of the uh, Ammonites who defeated him. And so, yeah, the, the scriptures are going out of its way to do two things, I think. Number one, to make it very clear that it's not figurative when it says giants. It means it literally. There were giants. And to point out that even in spite of the fact of the strength and the power of these people, God going before Israel, they were able to annihilate them. Their size and their strength and their military prowess was irrelevant because Yehovah, the one true God, was going before Israel. And at this time, Israel was finally being faithful and having faith and following the commandment of God. Whereas earlier on in the story, they were afraid of the giants and they came back with that evil report and said, we can't go in there. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. And then, of course, they all died in the wilderness and the children would then go forth and actually kill the giants. Anyway, let's wrap this thing up. We're just about done. And this is the land, verse 12, which we possessed at that time. From Eror, which is by the river Arnon and half Mount Gilead and the cities thereof, gave I unto the Reubenites and the Gadites, and the rest of the and rest of Gilead and all of Bashan, being the king of Og, gave I unto the half tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob with Bashan, which was called the land of the giants. Jar the son of Manasseh took all the country of Argob unto the coast of Gir Huru, and Makathi, and called them after his own name, Bashan Havath Jar, unto this day. I gave Gilead unto Makur, 
and unto the Reubenites, and unto the, and to the Gadites. I gave from Gilead even unto the river Arnon, half the valley, and the border even unto the river Jebuk, which is in the border of the children of Ammon. The plain also, the Jordan, and the coast thereof, from Chenirath, even unto the sea of the plain, even unto the salt sea, under Ashdoth, Pigzah, eastward. And I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God hath given you this land to possess it. You shall pass over armed before your brethren, the children of Israel, all that are meat for the war. But your wives and your little ones and your cattle, for I know you have much cattle, shall abide in your cities which I have given you. Until the Lord hath given rest unto your brethren, as well as unto you, and until they also possess the land which the Lord your God hath given them beyond Jordan, and then shall you return every man unto his possession, which I have given you. And I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto these two kings. So shall your Lord do unto the kingdoms whither thou passest. Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God shall bring, for the Lord your God he shall fight for you. And that is the end of our Torah portion for this week. That is the Parsha Divarim. It ends with verse 22. Very interesting because it gets into the giants, which you guys know I've been passionate about for many, many years. And I've, in fact, in the early days when I was podcasting, that was probably my main focus. I spent many, many podcasts and many, many years researching it and, and studying it out and talking about it and demonstrating it and showing the scriptures and comparing it with real archaeological finds and, and things of that nature. All of that should still be on the YouTube channel, but you just might have to search it out. There's plenty of playlists, a lot of them where I talk about the Book of Enoch and stuff like that. I deal with that as well. But even if we did not take any of the extra biblical stuff, if we didn't look at the Apocrypha, if we didn't look at any of the Dead Sea Scrolls, if we only looked at the current books that are in the Bible... It would be, and you actually studied it out honestly, and you looked at the Hebrew, and you looked at, uh, you know, all of that. It's very, very clear. It, I mean, you really have to be desperate to put forth a different narrative to not see the reality and the truth of it. But much of it's been hidden. Many modern-day pastors are ignorant of it. Um... Most of your pastors are going to try to explain away Genesis chapter 6 and try to make it out to be the sons of Seth. And they're just going to completely ignore. And it's because they don't know Hebrew. Uh, they don't know the background. They don't know the actual history and what was actually believed. And they haven't done the research. And so it makes them uncomfortable, this idea that the sons of God, the B'nai Elohim, the Watchers, came down in Genesis chapter 6, made it with women, therefore brought forth giants, and then God had to destroy the world with a flood, but then somehow there's still some left over, and then he sends the Israelites to annihilate them and then inherit the land. That's the story of the giants uh, in a very wrapped up nutshell, but anyway, I digress. Thank you for your support, friends. Uh, thank you for continuing to encourage me to do this work. 
And it means a lot because there's equally as much discouragement and judgment coming my way as there is encouragement. So your encouragement is much appreciated. Uh, and it kind of helps to uh, negate all the criticism that I get for the work that I do and the things that I research. And uh, without doubt, I'll be getting criticized for talking about the Giants, even though the scriptures clearly make that distinction. Uh, but it is what it is. So thank all of you. Uh, who are willing to support the podcast and those of you who are willing to pray and to be an encouragement to the work that's being done here. All right, that's all I have for you today. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.